Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18+. plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. It's never been easier to communicate with people, but it's never been harder to know which platform you're supposed to communicate on. Here's a simpler solution. With call, meet, and message all in one app, Ring Central makes communication easy. With all that connectivity in the palm of your hand, you can work from anywhere with anyone at any time and never miss a beat. Because when it comes to communication, simple is better. Learn more at ringcentral.com. Ring Central, simpler communications. Welcome to MLB Daily, your one-stop shop for daily baseball content. I am L.J. LaFura. Alongside me, I've got Brandon Karam, and this is a Belly Up Sports podcast. We are what they aren't. Brandon, how you doing? L.J., doing well. Uh, finally get to sit down and recap the trade deadline. Uh, craziest trade deadline ever. I saw some people saying that. That might be a bit of recency bias, but also with the amount of moves that were made with uh, star players, that absolutely could be true. Uh, Certainly a very, very fun week. I had a lot of fun getting on here every night, talking through potential trades, all for them to basically happen the opposite of what we had predicted. I mean, it's crazy how quick the news shifts too, because we recorded on Thursday night, and this is actually a good segue into our first trade, but we recorded Thursday night and we're like, oh, it looks like Max Scherzer is going to be going to the Padres. Like they, they're in the lead right now. Then all of a sudden out of nowhere, the Dodgers come in and it's like, oh, they're getting both Max Scherzer and Trey Turner and the Padres are just completely out now. But yeah, LJ, a league altering trade here. I mean, the balance of power in the league is shifted even more to the Los Angeles Dodgers with this trade. However, uh, we need to talk about the return that the Nationals got here. The Dodgers trade away their top two prospects to land this deal. Not very often you see a team give up their top two prospects in a deal. No, but this is worth it. Um, More on that trade, I we probably should have seen it coming, you know, we talked, we talked so much about this stuff. We should have known any, any time that a team being in the lead for somebody gets reported, that should, that should have meant absolutely nothing. It was a great conversation piece, but this is much better. This, this clearly re-cements LA in as the best team in baseball. I mean, we can just certainly talk about this later, but I think – the Dodgers are really the only team in this deadline that have changed their place in the power ranking for me based on this deadline, just because Ooh. so many teams, just because so many teams made moves. 
Let's circle like, back to that later. Let's circle back to that later. Okay. That or um, that that specific uh, point. Yeah. Because I might so, challenge you. Um. Anyway. The um. What was I saying? Oh yeah. I mean, it's just this provides this provides depth. This this provides everything you want. Again, I I was one of the few people that didn't absolutely hate what the Dodgers have going in their rotation right now to begin with. So um, them adding Max Scherzer is absolutely ridiculous. I did the math the other day also. It was eight Cy Young, seven MVPs on this team now. And that's and that's also like being very generous because I feel like Walker Buehler is going to get one prior to the end of his career. He's only 27, so mm. – I mean, he has a chance to get it this year. Like, because right now... Oh, absolutely. I mean, so that could be nine Cy Youngs there. I mean, just crazy, crazy numbers. It could be nine Cy Youngs. You're also doing that operating under the assumption that you've got now... Well, now now Trey Turner, which just makes things even more ridiculous there. But if you're looking at the talent on this roster... Um, you could add you could add at least maybe potentially two more MVPs throughout. Like, I mean, there's plenty of players that could do it. So looking back at this team, it's just going to become more and more ridiculous. I think we can start by saying right now that Corey Seager just became the best second baseman in the National League. Well, here's the problem, LJ, is that the guy that they usually have play second base, Chris Taylor, Oh, he only made the all-star game this year. He only has an 874 OPS. He's only our leadoff hitter most days when when a bets isn't playing because he's been on the IL. So it's like you're not gonna take it you're an all-star out of the lineup, but also you just traded for Trey Turner. So it's like, is he gonna have to get some run in the outfield? Like, what are they gonna do here? Because Corey oh. Seeger it's Corey Seager can't not play and Chris Taylor can't not play because he has an almost a 900 OPS no and I'll tell you this this isn't something that they would have the guts to do and shouldn't would be wise not to do until it gets a little closer to playoff time the odd man out right now has to be Cody Bellinger I'm sorry he looks like he's swinging a pool noodle out there and he has since he came back from injury again it's probably not his fault. I'm sure whatever happened, whatever he's struggling with since he came back, maybe his mental, but it might be better if he just takes that step back and looks at the, at things for next season. But I mean, that just, that solves a lot of problems. You move Chris Taylor to the outfield full time. You put Turner at short. And I mean, I, I think that's, that's the group. That's the grouping that works best to me. You could also move him in well, place. We're forgetting Pollock, about but... one more guy. Uh, yeah, they oh, also have a that's... top prospect named Gavin Lux. Screw Gavin Lux. A middle infielder, and he will Screw be Gavin Lux. IL at some point. What is, LJ, he's going to be – he has the potential to be a superstar player. Uh, I don't know what they're – look, Andrew – Yeah, well, Freeman, you know what? He can he can be a superstar player in AAA this year. Fair. But once Betts comes back, you figured no more Billy McKinney in the no. outfield. Okay. 
So then you, you're starting three outfielders or Pollock, Bellinger, Betts. Maybe, I mean, I don't know if Betts has played any left field. I don't know if it would make sense for him to play left field, but I was thinking. I mean, he's played right in the center. I don't think if there's you play Trey Because, like, Trey Turner can play center field. He's he's played his fair share of center field in the majors. I mean, oh, 45 games there, so he can certainly do it. Trey Turner hasn't played a single game in the past five seasons at second base. So I don't think he's going there. Corey Seager, has has he played any second base in his career? He's he's played Again. zero games in his career at second base. Not that I'm saying he can't do it. It's just that they certainly have a log jam there. But um, LJ, should we talk a little bit about the guys that are actually going back to the Nationals? I mentioned the Dodgers' top two prospects, yeah. but didn't actually bring up their names. Their top prospect was catcher or excuse me, was pitcher Josiah Gray, who recently was called up to the Dodgers to fill in that rotation, uh, be the fifth starter. And the second guy is catcher Keybert Ruiz. Uh, from everything I've read, two very, very high potential players. Uh, the Dod- It makes sense why they would trade Keybert Ruiz because the Dodgers have a 26-year-old catcher in Will Smith who – is making his case to be the best hitting catcher in baseball these next couple of seasons. And it, look, it makes sense why they would want to trade him. As for Josiah Gray, look, they probably had to throw him in the deal. The Nationals said, look, you throw, you got to throw them both in or we're not going to make this deal for you. So I actually like the return for the Nationals. They seem to develop pitchers pretty well. I mean, they got Steven Strasburg. They're not saying that Josiah Gray is on Steven Strasburg's level, but Josiah Gray uh, is going to be a very, very good pitcher. Yeah, honestly, I think this is the best thing you could do if you're either team right now, giving up that amount, that payload to the Nationals. If you're the Dodgers, you're in the clearly more stacked league you're going to be in the more stacked league for a while and this this adds a lot to what you're capable of doing because if they want to especially if they're able to somehow get out of this trevor bauer contract depending on how the league opts to do handle things um you could certainly see them re-upping scherzer who said has already said he'd like to be out on the west coast you've got turner here now which means you can get away with not bringing seager back this offseason if you don't want to pay him and you can get two years out of that so long term that makes that makes perfect sense and then as for the nationals you have you if if you don't think you're going to be able to turn this around quickly which obviously based on the amount of guys that they've given up that we'll talk about later based on that amount of guys they obviously do not think that they're going to be able to turn this around within two to three years. So if that's the case, you certainly aren't hanging on to Scherzer on the last year of his deal. And you probably should not hang on to Turner, particularly if you don't plan to pay him. And you probably shouldn't plan to pay him if in a year from now, if you don't think you're going to be able to compete within the first couple of years of the contract, because that's where you're going to make all of the value on it. So overall, it's a best move for them. Overall, the Dodgers might have given up a little more than value than was required value-wise when we look back at this two years from now. But 
at the same time, you have to consider the fact that I guess they must have been pretty close to trading Scherzer to the Padres when everything really transpired to get this mega deal going. So they were in a position to screw around with the Nationals because they could any second turn around and say, okay, deal to San Diego and walk out on anything. Yeah, absolutely. Well, uh, certainly I can't wait to see this, this a Dodgers team in full force. Uh, it's like if the Kansas city chiefs traded for DK Metcalf and, and Russell Wilson, basically just, <laughs> I mean, I mean that that's essentially what this trade is. Just because I mean, LA was already the World Series favorite prior to this trade, and they're even a heavier favorite now. But let's move on. We got a lot to talk about today. We got to kind of speed through uh, some of these topics. But next up, we have Craig Kimbrell to the White Sox. Of course, they had just traded for Cubs reliever Ryan Tapera a day ago and they are able to also get another Cubs reliever in Craig Kimbrell LJ this White Sox bullpen uh it makes me really happy (laughs) it's crazy it's is so now who are you out who who's your closer now oh it's Hendricks easy I I, I mean I I, I should say I shouldn't say easy because it really isn't that easy I think Kimbrell has a 0.49 ERA and you immediately said Liam Hendricks. That's interesting. No, no, but I think, I don't know. I just think, again, I think Craig Kimbrell is great. Craig Kimbrell is probably one of the best we are going to see in our lifetimes. Certainly the best reliever we've seen long-term yet. However, when it comes down to it, it makes more sense to give Hendricks the bulk of the ninth inning reps. For starters, it doesn't matter. You've got both of them in there. There's no reason to put too many miles on either of them throughout the rest of this year. As far as I'm concerned, they should both be closing in like in theory, like throughout the rest of the season. However, when it comes down to it, I think what you're going to find is Hendricks is probably the better matchup. He's looked over – he's uh, honestly, again – 2.53 ERA. It hasn't felt like a 2.53 ERA. Twenty-six five batters the whole year. Yeah. Five walks the whole year. Seventy-three strikeouts too in forty-six innings. So again, it's not like we're. It, it's not like we're arguing over a scrub and somebody no. like it's not like the 29th ranked closer in the league and the second ranked closer in the league. It's possibly one and two, or maybe one and three, depending on where your rankings go. So overall, there's not a bad option with that. But the other thing you have to think about here is who's going to be in Chicago longer. It's going to be Hendricks. And overall, I think you have to keep that relationship, especially if you're Tony LaRusso, who likes to destroy every relationship he's in, like a teenage girl. And um, yeah, I just, I think that is the... That that's got to be the way you go because you need to, you need to foster that relationship. It's very very comparable, and it's not like you can't use them both in that role from time to time. I'm more interested by the fact that in those big game situations, if it's a divisional game, if it's a game against a playoff contender, if it's the playoffs, 
and you're putting both of them into the same game, that moves Michael Kopech out of the setup variety, which means he could, again, do some very interesting things. He could go ahead and take you 5-6 after – he could take you two innings, a full round through the lineup if you wanted him to in the postseason after only going through two. Like, if you told Dylan Cease or – even Lance Lynn, honestly, like with this bullpen they have, I don't see much of a reason for them to go a full three, anyone to go a full three inning, three rotations through the lineup. So if you had Lance Lynn out there, you said, okay, you're going two, maybe two and a half. You could get Kopech to get you through that last, last time through the lineup and then move into the big boys. If, if I'm, no. I don't know about not letting him go three times through the lineup with that. They're, they're ama- this. It's not like it's a, they're bad starting pitchers. Oh, These are guys who are Cy Young contenders. I'm letting them go as long as they want to go. No, no, no. Whoa. That's LJ. That this, these, Lance Lynn could win the AL Cy Young. You, you're telling me you're going to go out there, pull a Kevin Cash and say, sorry, bud, you're pitching a gem, but. I, well, I'm, no, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna out. make a hard. I'm not gonna make a hard cap. However, I'm gonna start looking for the opportunity to pull him the later it gets. Just because I know I have probably the best bullpen in baseball right now. If I know I have that, why wouldn't I want to lean on that as much as I lean on my starters? No, it makes sense. It makes sense. But let's talk about some of the guys that or the one guy that got traded who was a note in that deal. Nick Madrigal has mm-hmm. o- over 100 OPS this year for the White Sox and over 200 plate appearances. Only 24 years old. He's got 1.3 war. I mean, it's a solid return for a rental. No, no, that's that's an amazing return. Um, you know, if you'd be talking, I feel like no one's talking about this as being like a huge piece to have to give up however you think about it that's basically the same as what what magical is giving you at 24 would be effectively what you'd be giving up for probably your number two prospect maybe number three certainly probably top yeah top i don't even know where he was when he left but i would have to say talent wise i would peg him into a top 30 prospects in the league when if he were to be translated his talent level to a prospect so like if if you said that he they were getting this obscenely good prospect that would make a lot more ripples in the league than just nick magical which is a shame you know because he has been he's been awesome and he's been awesome since he came up so again this is going to be another situation a lot of people pegged kimbrell to the red sox the Red Sox are in year, year, really year zero of contending. Like, like they, they weren't expecting it. I can't expect them to sell out, sell off the entire farm that they just started building for a rental reliever when you're able to get Nick Madrigal in return. Like some of these offers were just untoppable. Agreed. Well, the next trade we want to bring up, certainly one that happened right at the trade deadline buzzer Friday afternoon. Chris Bryant to the San Francisco Giants. Uh, yeah, LJ, take it away. Look, you're not going to be able to beat 
a Hall of Fame pitcher in terms of what you get. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's never been easier to communicate with people, but it's never been harder to know which platform you're supposed to communicate on. Here's a simpler solution. With call, meet, and message all in one app, RingCentral makes communication easy. With all that connectivity in the palm of your hand, you can work from anywhere with anyone at any time and never miss a beat. Because when it comes to communication, simple is better. Learn more at RingCentral.com. RingCentral. Simpler communications. However, an MVP super utility player is easily the next best thing. And that's what the Giants just got. It gives them a lot of situational versatility. I mean, you think about it, they've got they've they had plenty of injury issues while still leading the great NL West this year. They can easily throw him into third right now, wait it out. He can play anywhere you really want him to after that. Probably the most logical spot to put him would probably be left. Am I correct in saying that? Moving uh, somewhere Alex- in the outfield or at first base. Honestly, he's played quite a bit of first base this year too. So yeah, again, honestly, yeah, it's like he can know, play everywhere. They like, and you got to think about these guys aren't going to be at just one spot because you have to give guys days off and everything. No, 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 I know. But like, provides if- such a nice versatility with that. Absolutely. And like, but if we're looking at the everybody's healthy, everybody's resting yeah. lineup, the yeah. max, the max lineup, I'm probably putting them in left once everybody's healthy because all of a sudden then you've got, I mean, Lamont Wade, that that's fine. Or, and that'll be end up being Brandon Belt. Either way, Wade has played very well this year. Um, going over to second, second's a bit of a, a hole. Again, he probably he couldn't learn it, but. Anyway, um, shortstop, you've got Brandon Crawford. Awesome. Third base, you'd hypothetically have Evan Longoria. Out to left field, you have Chris Bryant, and then you've got um, Duggar and Yastrzemski in center and right. That is a great lineup going into the end of the year. You know, it's not the, it's not the cleanest lineup, but that lineup can easily get the job done. But, again, Chris Bryant, he – he adds positional need in the short term and in the long term at multiple spots. The guys they get in return, the Cubs, they get a pitcher by the name of uh, Caleb Killian. MLB.com said that his highest potential is to be a number four starter. And then the hitter they got was Alexander Canario. And uh, I believe the scouting report on Canario is he could he has a lot of raw power. He, according to Fangraphs, he has a huge ceiling if the hit approach component improves. But I wonder if the compressed developmental timeline created by his presence on the Fording Man and he had an injury that could make it tough. So 
Cubs fans were certainly mad that they couldn't get a top 100 prospect, but it makes sense because it's a $19 million uh, contract that you're taking on, of course, prorated, but still it's a lot more expensive than any of these other deals. And you're not going to get that many crazy offers when teams see that. So, I mean, I guess that's a solid return. It's just a rental, remember? So, uh, you know, you aren't expecting anything crazy, but it was absolutely right for the Cubs to, to trade him. And then the one other guy they end up trading for is Tony Watson out of the bullpen. They get him from the Angels for basically nothing. Uh, just another lefty reliever that slots into this to this bullpen. It doesn't hurt to grab a bullpen arm ever. They probably gave up too much for Tony Watson. <laughs> you think so? I, I'm being sarcastic. Uh, anyway, um, next up, we are going over to the Mets. Yeah, uh, you can you can take that one away. Yeah, so the Mets end up being able to pull off a big trade with the Chicago Cubs as they continue to gut their entire roster. They send Javier Baez and Trevor Williams over. Brandon can tell you about the return in a minute. But as for what this does, you know, it adds obvious pitching need for the Mets, but more so it fills a lot of holes in that lineup it with ha- having bias there. I mean, you can go, you can go either way. Of course, he's already talked about playing second there long-term, but of course now he's going to probably play shortstop for the better part of a month until Lindor is back from his injury and ready to play. But I mean, you put him in there right now. He's starting at short tonight, started at short tonight, already had a home run in a Mets uniform reasonably my call is you move him over to third, and if you really love J.D. Davis all that much, you can find room for him out in the outfield. Um, another guy that probably could have been moved for something here could have been um, Dom Smith. I wouldn't have hated that if they had found a home for another home for him here. Of course, I think I just think as they fill out this li- lineup, he is going to become more and more of an afterthought. That's just a complete side note. But either way, I mean, whether you, whether after Lindor comes back, whether you move Baez to third or second, this is an obvious improvement on the roster. No-brainer. A much better, again, we've talked about it multiple times, much better than anyone likes to believe Javier Baez is. So the return... The Mets gave up a lot more than the Giants did, and they got the worst player out of, out of the two that the Cubs traded. The Mets give up their first-round draft pick from 2020, Pete Crow Armstrong. This kid's only 19 years old. Uh, one of my friends at college was best friends with him in middle school, so he was giving me a bit of a scouting report when he was on the Mets spring training roster this uh, year. But look, I mean – this kid, it was a first round pick and it, he got hurt at the beginning of the year. So he's not playing in this minor league season. So not a lot of at bats to really work off. So maybe the Mets think, you know, other teams are overvaluing him, but to see them cut ties with a first round pick that quick is a bit shocking to me, but look, the kid's only 19. So it abs- this absolutely could end up in their favor. Absolutely. Um, speaking of first round picks, um, I'm asking you this completely off the cuff. Mm-hmm. 
I have not seen anything. Have we heard anything at all about the Kumar Rocker situation? You know, the last thing I saw was that Kumar Rocker's camp said that they aren't very concerned about uh, the arm issues. They said no, they're not. They're not concerned. However, as of yeah, no, I have not seen. I think they have until today sunday and they have until today to get this deal done as of yesterday when i looked they had not signed a deal as of today as i'm looking they haven't signed a deal so they might be cutting ties with two first round picks this week well at least they get a comp pick next year (laughs) yeah the comp pick isn't isn't worth that which would you rather have the best the best one of the one of the three best talents in the draft or a comp pick no, I agree. Uh, the second thing we wanted to bring up quick, Jacob DeGrom suffers a two-week uh, setback. Uh, so it'll be another two weeks before he can return. The only thing I take out of this is that he can't win the Cy Young now. Like, unless he comes back and throws, like, two or three no-hitters, <laughs> I, I don't think he's winning the Cy Young. He, you just can't make – less than 20 starts and think that you're that you're, you're going to win the Cy Young and it's a shame because he was on pace to have one of the greatest pitching seasons ever and right now he's only started 15 games no you're right he's he's not going to be able to win the Cy Young but again it's just it gets even sadder because I think he could have done very little and still gotten me to be convinced that he was the MVP with the mm. way he finished this year. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, we're not even just talking about a Cy Young winner. We're talking about an MVP candidate that it, it just isn't going to happen. It, it can't happen. All right. Well, the Atlanta Braves, of course, they lose Ronald Acuna due to injury. They lost Marcelo Zuna in the outfield, two of their biggest stars. They complete, completely reworked their outfield the last couple of weeks. We remember they traded for Jock Peterson just uh, a couple of weeks ago, and they go out and trade for uh, two more or three more outfielders. They get back Adam Duvall. Because they they've obviously Eddie, run out of ideas. They get Eddie Rosario in a clear salary dump by the Indians as they only got back Pablo Sandoval in that deal which a one-for-one deal, that makes absolutely no sense. The Indians are a joke of a franchise for signing that guy to a contract this year, being somewhat competitive, and then just trading him when he's one of your best hitters. I mean, if that's not the incompetency that we're used to with the Indians, I'm not sure what is. But the Braves also are able to get Jorge Soler, so three big hitters that they add to the outfield there along with jock peterson they traded for earlier like i mentioned and they add a bullpen arm in richard rodriguez i guess my question is i haven't looked much at the return that the braves gave up but they're kind of going for it no trading for four guys five guys in the last two weeks it's it's interesting because i guess the question becomes is what they're doing making you believe that they could actually make a run back into this? Is it terrible that it could the answer to that could be yes? They're only four games out. <laughs> they're only four games out. You think about 
all that they don't have right now, all that they could have very soon. I mean, keep in mind, pitching-wise, again, their bullpen, I haven't seen actually bullpen. Their bullpen numbers aren't great. Okay, that, okay, just that of course, for pitchers. Or yeah, for I mean, a Richard pitcher. Rodriguez, again, one of the better closers on the market, actually, if we um, will be going into this, I think we talked about doing it tomorrow. Um, all of the guys that probably should have been traded at this deadline. Um, I was originally, when I was drafting my list of guys, Richard Rodriguez was on that because it felt like the market for him went dead silent about a week before the deadline up until the very, the day of. And I, I think this is a great fit for him. He of course comes in here and you will easily be in one of those setup roles and just overall strengthen it out. But then you think about what they've had that's gone well so far. Um, Kyle Miller so far, his, his first, um, first couple outings here with the team, five starts, two, five, five ERA, Charlie Morton's of course been, been good. Max Fried's been not what he was, but solid enough. So you've got plenty of guys that are good enough. You then look at the IL right now. Last I checked, Huascar, you know, was closer to returning than not. You have to think. Ian Anderson could easily be back at some point here this season. All of a sudden, this is starting to look like a really good, really solid pitching staff. I didn't think you'd be able to talk me into them making a run without Ronald Acuna. Like, you can't do it without an MVP candidate, but they do have an MVP here in this team in Freddie Freeman, and the roster now looks well-rounded enough for me to have some form of hope. What I find the most interesting about these the, the trades that the Braves just made is that Jock Peterson could be back on this team next year. It's a $10 million mutual option, which means both the player and the team have to agree to that. I could easily see them picking that up if he picks it up, if, if he picks up his play mm. down the stretch. But, of course, Eddie Rosario on an expiring contract. Uh, Freddie Freeman on an expiring contract. Braves have a lot of money to spend this offseason. They could really rework this team. Should they be good enough to hear down the stretch, try to lure some extra free agents in there, they could have enough money to spend here where, remember, they already have Acuna locked up for a long time. They have Albies locked up for a long time. They could really put together a solid, solid team within the next few years if they spend their money wisely in free agency. Uh, but yeah, and then I, again, keep in mind you've now the two the two big names in your pitching group in Anderson and Muller are now here. You yeah. have another six year or another five years of them without having to really pay them. So again, you already have the foundation for this team all there. You can ease you can easily go for it with that. As for Jock Peterson. That would be, that would certainly be an interesting scenario here. I mean, I'm, I'm not sure Adam Duvall is, I think, one year. But either way, I could easily see them putting him in there in center for two years now, especially if they don't think that Christian Pache is up to snuff like he wasn't this year. They could even give him more than just the X amount of the year that they did this year off and still be successful. Adam Duvall has a $7 million 
mutual agreement. So they'll probably pick up one of those. You'd have to imagine mm. whether it's Peterson or Adam Duvall. Uh, just they could use a corner outfielder, but Peterson also plays center as well. But moving on to the next uh, topic, we got Kyle Gibson and Ian Kennedy getting traded from the Rangers to the Phillies. The Phillies give up Spencer Howard, who was one of their uh, top pitching prospects, but has not pitched uh, very well in the majors uh, in the time he spent up there. Kyle Gibson, LJ, was a guy who had, I think, a really high trade value and was going to get, uh, I thought someone was going to overpay for him. And then his last few starts, he kind of killed that all, everything he had going for him. But yeah, I was about to say he had a high trade value until he had a 707 ERA over his last five, I believe, was, is what it was. Yeah. Well, and, and my point is that, you know, Philadelphia, I still like the trade for them, I think. I mean, their top four starting pitchers now is four pretty good names. I mean, you got Nola, you got Wheeler, you got Kyle Gibson now, you got Zach Eflin in there a little bit. I mean, there's they got some solid pitching here now. This is a trade that I could easily see being a win-win. First off, we talked about it a couple weeks ago. Kyle Gibson far overperforming his talent right now and you can expect to see some form of decline so you look at the numbers you think they absolutely got fleeced however I think in my in my not so humble opinion I think Ian Kennedy was probably a bigger draw to me I than like that, Kyle yeah. Gibson was Ian Kennedy another name on that list of the th- there, there were three guys that I was originally thinking like, oh my gosh, they're not going to get dealt. Why is this? This is an absolute travesty. Two of them ended up being dealt, but Ian Kennedy certainly one of them. I think he ha- has a higher upside in Philly than Gibson does certainly because I mean I just don't see anything that he's going to indicate to me that we're not going to get more of what we've seen since the All Star break out of Kyle Gibson. But either way, I mean, it's a win-win because you gave up little if you're Philly. Obviously, Spencer Howard hasn't really worked on the major league level for you. There's no use in trying and completely, like, wearing out his entire prime in your system if you can go out and get somebody else that is going to be able to do the job that is perhaps a veteran like this and be able to give him a new lease on life. This reminds me, I don't mean to always bring it back to the Red Sox. However, this is a very relevant take. They did the same thing last year. They brought in Brandon Workman, who was one of the top bullpen arms on the market that year. And in exchange for a prospect and Nick Pavetta, who of course had been one of their young guys that they brought up, did not see success there. He came over and within a month they had him in the starting rotation in Boston and he has performed while up and down. It's been a, it's been a much better, better than expected job out of him. So I could see this certainly with Spencer Howard's potential. I could see this being a win-win for both sides where you're not really giving up anybody that actually has real value, but you're also gaining a high, high reward, high risk guy. Well, speaking of the Red Sox, let's talk about the big trade that they made. 
uh, trading for Hansel Robles out of the bullpen. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> they get Kyle Schwarber from the Washington Nationals, who I believe is still on the injured list. Yes, they actually just said he is very, quote, quote unquote, very close to a rehab star. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. It's wintertime. When temperatures go down, the likelihood goes up that your furnace and other appliances go down with them. So don't risk a costly replacement. Stay comfortable with coverage on the appliances you depend on most with the Service Guard Appliance Repair Program from Black Hills Energy. It's peace of mind in a plan. Visit blackhillsenergy.com slash sign up to learn more. Well, uh, a trade that I did not think was going to happen. I did not hear anything really about. Uh, I mean, I guess we did hear Schwarber to probably the AL East, but. Yeah, we I heard, we heard it and then promptly ripped it within hours of it happening. Well, I believe all the Red Sox had to. Is this really all you traded was Aldo Ramirez? Just one yep. prospect? No, number 19 prospect. That was it. And yeah. we stayed underneath the luxury tax. I, 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 don't mean, I don't mean to throw shade. Meanwhile, the Yankees had to give up number nine and number 12, was it? To stay under the luxury tax and get Anthony Rizzo, who wasn't an all-star. We had to give up number nine, number 12, and we had to trade away Justin Wilson and Luis Sessa to stay under the luxury tax. Well, that was more for Joey Gallo. Yeah, so that we could... No, but I'm I'm talking about just the Rizzo trade. You're not paying for Rizzo. Oh, yeah, no, we aren't paying for Rizzo, but that's... So you gave up nine and 12 just to be able to stay under the luxury tax and to get Rizzo. So overall, I just, I mean, honestly, you know, I haven't figured out where he's going to play yet. But with that being said, really, who cares? Just take Jaron Duran out of center. I mean, he's, if there's a guy that you just slide uh, Kike to, sure. I mean, do you have to play Franchi Cordero at first base? Like, you do not have another first baseman. No, we have first baseman. Bobby okay. Dahlbeck. Bobby Dahlbeck, honestly, Bobby will eventually be there. I mean, again, this this is a part of the season. I feel like we've gone through this with multiple teams. This is a part of the season where, like, the injuries can be at their absolute height. So you're not looking at a full potential playoff roster. The truth is I'm not sure. They've obviously tried to find every option other than Bobby Dahlbeck at first this year. I mean, for Pete's sake, they got their second baseman hurt just trying it on a whim, trying him at first on a whim. So, overall, I mean, no, Franchi Cordero, to answer your question, Franchi Cordero will not be on the roster once everybody's healthy. Once you get Marwin, Marwin Gonzalez, which 
who I just saw today, actually, we'll be talking about that tomorrow. My trip, my first trip to Polar Park to see Chris Sale and Marwin Gonzalez's rehab games. Anyway, he's going to be coming back. Roro is going to be coming back. Schwarber, of course, will be back. That's three guys off the current roster. Franchi's 100% going to be one of them. Anyway, yeah, I mean, I see what you're saying here. The thing is, are you are, where are you putting if you're moving Kike, where are you putting? No, I guess no, honestly. The only option that keeps him in the outfield. So you have to bench one of one of Verdugo, Kike, or Hunter Renfro will not be in the lineup. I'd probably go with Kike Hernandez, honestly, because I actually I don't know. Because Renfro provides immense defensive value. Kike is a guy who you can kind of move around so where he doesn't need However, to be in the outfield every day. Yeah. So I would just take Jaron Duran out. Like he's been hitting terrible. He's clearly just in a platoon right now with whoever. I mean, there's not there's really no one for him to platoon with, but it would I don't know. He's not hitting well. You guys just traded for an outfielder. There's a spot. Yeah, I know. Um Honestly, the question, again, I, I really, I it think everybody, yes, it does. However, everybody in Boston has thrown sense out of the window because we have yet to figure out exactly how the front office thinks. So I could easily see him staying up. The most likely spot, again, is for him to go down because there's a, there's a finite amount of spots in this lineup. The other thing you have to think about is if you want to keep Arroyo generally around the lineup the thought i offer up here is could schwarber potentially play first i know he hasn't really played it other than one game in his career however with the amount of guys that have played there for the first time in their career this year i think he has the builds i guess would be the best way to do it say it to be able to play the position he came in as a catcher he came into the league as a catcher outfielder so I could see him getting time there. I could also even, yeah, I mean, honestly, I think the most likely spots are, of course, left field and possibly first base. He's a terrible defender. Uh, I think you kind of need to keep him in the outfield. I wouldn't be, he's, he, if he's already bad at defense, uh, I'm not sure how playing somewhere where he's only played one game in his career. It makes sense though. Because, no, you are right because it's like, how is the front office thinking? Because we just basically talked through all the spots he could play and none of them really make, make a lot of sense to us. No, they don't. Because and then again, that's not even thinking about other guys. Like, again, the, the guy we haven't brought up here, of course, I'm not going to even bring up Marvin Gonzalez, of course, is going to be a bench player. Um, most of his value is purely defensive. But Christian Arroyo has provided a lot of value offensively just – a great, great contact hitter for this team so far. And just a, even if it was just moving runners. So you don't want to keep him completely out of the game forever too. So if you move for Dugo to let to center, basically full time to put Schwarber in left, that moves Kike to second for full time. Where does Arroyo end up? I mean, first, obviously, I don't think we should try that again. Um, 
so yeah, it's it's gonna be a wild ride. Well, let's move to another AL East team who made a splash. Jose Barrios to the Toronto Blue Jays. Hopefully this change of scenery uh, will help him because I really want him to be a good pitcher, like a really good pitcher. Yeah, you know, I mean, I don't know. I'm just, I'm so numb to it at this point. You know, I'm numb to it, but I I think that he just got tired of that culture in Minnesota. I Like from everything, it, it, it must have really been tough this year to come into the year thinking that you're one of the best teams in the American League and you're just, uh, I mean, that was what, whatever happened to them. Well, again, yeah. And then I think, I mean, this was our sentiment a lot, mostly mine, but I think you, if I recall, you agreed with me. And I think it was most of the league sentiment that they just need a couple more pieces to get like right. Like they needed Jose Barrios to come out and be really great, be their number one starter. Maybe they're if at best num- at minimum number two if Kent Maeda really showed up. And they needed Buxton to be an MVP, the MVP caliber player that he has shown he can be. And then for him to come out so strong to start the year, and then Buxton to come out so strong to start the year, the two pieces that we knew they needed to be able to take the team to the next level and then for them to continue to lose even with the great play that must have been such a kick to the groin you know i do i absolutely agree with that and let me just say one thing the blue jays gave the twins a bag here they gave them a massive return probably the second biggest return in any trade honestly as they give up the number 48 prospect in the league, Simeon Woods Richardson, who is a pitching prospect, and they give up the number five overall pick in the 2020 draft, Austin Martin, who is the number 59 overall prospect in the league. The reason why uh, Jose Barrios had such a price tag on him, he's only in his second year of arbitration. So he still has another year of arbitration left, and then he'll be a free agent after the next season. So controllable for next year where Toronto, you know, you expect them, their, their hitters will progress more. The, they have some young pitchers who they're hoping can absolutely develop. And I mean, it's a lot to give up, but they have such a good farm system that it, it, at some point, when you have a farm system that good, an offense already that good, you know, it's something's going to give at some point, you know, you, when you have so many uh, high potential players on your team, you're going to have to trade away some of them. And it makes sense here. Yeah. And I think it overall moves this team into a clear controlled idea of what eventually is going to be the rotation, because as much as we've been relying on Jose Barrios to be like the guy over in Minnesota for the past couple of years in his youth, just because of that potential. He by no means, I don't think is ever going to end up being the guy. I mean, granted, Hyunjin Ryu has not pitched great. He hasn't been the Hyunjin Ryu we've seen the past couple of years. Certainly not the one that I liked for a Cy Young this year. But at the same time, 
he is also still a very good pitcher. Currently a three six ERA over 116 innings. That's um, is certainly nothing to scoff at. So the way I see it is he's dropping into the number two role and doesn't even have to think, shouldn't even have to think about being considered the number one guy on that team. Again, when it comes to the postseason, then things really start to heat up and that's something we don't really know for sure yet. But overall, I think that is a better, better role for him to be fitting into or at least walking into. But then you've got guys like Alec Manoa, um, a couple other really good pitching prospects like Nate Pearson. So there's a couple other starters here that are going to be coming up in the next couple of years that they can slide right on in next to Ryu and Barrios and be very successful. Barrios is having one of the best years of his career too. So, I mean, he's having a really solid year. 120 ERA plus, logged a lot of innings so far. Uh, Great addition for Toronto. All right, the next one is just a small trade. Won't spend much time on this. The Padres add Jake Marisnik. Uh, Yeah, LJ, uh, (laughs) they have so many players now that – just our utility guys. I mean, Ha Young Kim off the bench, Jerks and Profar, Jorge Mateo, Jake Marisnik. This is like, I mean, I understand the move because the Cubs Can you are just. Explain it to me. The Cubs are just giving everyone away for free. The Padres are like, well, I mean, I guess we'll take, I mean, I guess we'll take him. Like, he's a pretty good. He's, I guess he's a good defensive outfielder, right? Like, because he, he hasn't been hitting the best this year, but uh, throughout his career, he's provided, yeah, very solid value uh, defensively. So you can use those guys. They, they're going to get you those hidden wins here in August and September when there's not a lot, when uh, there's less of the stars playing due to injuries, like we were saying, or whatsoever. So Every win is going to count down here in the NL West. Those three teams all would, all are dying to just win the NL West because I keep saying this: they just don't want to play in the wild card. It they just they just don't want to do it. So, yeah, I don't know. I just if this is kind of frustrating me because I mean I get it. Jake Mersmick is a fine player, certainly a good defender, but. You already have, certainly already have a very strong lineup. But you have, again, as you already said, so, so many middle infielders, utility players. Just on your bench already. Oh, on your bench already. Now you're talking about the amount of guys that can play those same positions all within your lineup. I mean, I go down through um, Frazier, Cronenworth, Machado, um, I'm missing somewhere in here. One of the outfielders, I'm blanking on which one. Either way, that's not important. Um, There's at least five or six guys that can play all of these same positions. There's not going to be enough time for these guys. I mean, again, I know double switches, all of this. you got to carry a much larger bench in the NL than you do in the AL. But there just is not enough time for a lot of good players to be able to play. 
so I strongly question why you'd bring another outfielder in while you could easily just bring people, put people into the outfield just to get them the extra time. Why they'd bring in another outfielder and not go for a guy like a Richard Rodriguez, like it doesn't really make a lot of sense to me. That's, I don't know. I feel like Richard Rodriguez would have been a good fit there. Cause, yeah, and again, it's not, it's not even like, um, Richard Rodriguez is going to cost you that much. It's not like they're asking for a Craig Kimbrell type load. I mean, I, again, I, I cannot, I cannot blame a single other team for not getting Craig Kimbrell when you see what the White Sox gave up for him. That is probably the biggest, or one of the biggest, like single, one, basically one for one swaps you're going to get this year. Other than the Jesus Lazardo one, where it was, I would say bigger than that. Jesus Lazardo, Starling Marte was big, but Nick Nick Madrigal is Nick Madrigal was he supposed to be down. one of their one of their core pieces for the next ten years, and they just went and traded him for a rental reliever. Like that was a pretty big deal. I can't ask. I I could not ask another team to do that. So I love Nick Madrigal. He only strikes out like 5% of the time or something. Exactly. So overall, I mean, I just, I don't know. I can't blame them for that. There's no real reason for them not to have gotten in on Richard Rodriguez. This next one is just kind of a joke, honestly. Jan Gomes and Josh Harrison to the A's. It's just more really just include everybody. Right, right. Well, that's, that's honestly why it's in here. Uh, LJ, is this anything more than than the the Nationals actually? So, like, I know when their GM came out and said we're gonna we want we'll, we're open to trading everyone except Juan Soto. That doesn't mean you actually have to do that. Like, you can take offers for all those guys, but that doesn't mean you have to trade away the whole team. Jan Gomes and Josh yeah, Harrison though to Oakland. Yeah, but why not though? I guess is the question. I if mean, like, no, because bad, you get something from them. Team chemistry. Like, you, the team's already mad that you trade away the best two players. Well, there's no team that's, wants to, trade, wants to be mad. No, but that's the stuff that You're gets the fired. Do you want you, even if, even teams that are in a rebuild, you need to have a good team chemistry. You need to have the players buy in. As of right now, what is there to buy in for a Nationals player? Your GM came out this offseason and was like, oh, you know, we're going to go. We're going to try to make some moves and make a run here. And now all of a sudden, in the span of six months, he's gone. He's done a complete 180. And the Nationals go from one of the teams that spends the most in the league to all of a sudden. Like, this would be like if the Yankees traded away, like, a Gary Sanchez and Severino. Like, that would be if we, like, if we did that in 20. 17 or 2018 like it's doesn't make a lot of sense to me why they would just go all all in brandon i have found maybe fan base happy too no but i've made maybe i've gone through this roster and maybe found four players that the nationals even care about (laughs) like this team obviously i feel like Again, this year, with it being the market being the way it is, 
there isn't going to be a better time if you're going to have to have a fire sale. If you don't think that, if you think you need to start from scratch, there is, was no better time to have a fire sale than now. And if you can get value for anybody, why not? Frankly, with the way this team has played across the board, if you don't think they're good enough to compete, you might be better bringing a bunch of guys up and seeing what happens with them because Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. I guarantee you by doing this, they're going to find at least one surprise. I mean, there's a lot of guys here with little, if not no service time here. They're now going to be getting a lot of time in this lineup and a chance to really prove themselves, show what they can do. They may end up a guy like maybe Andrew Stevenson could work his way into being a significant part of the future plan. Um, you pick you pick them. There's a lot of guys on this team that very easily could find their way into long-term roles with the, the Nationals, and the majority of them didn't really know what they were missing. Yeah, no, that that is true. Uh, they do have a lot of young guys, and I guess that is something to get the fan base excited for. Guys like Carter Key, Boom, Victor Robles, they and- still – haven't nearly evolved into what we think they can uh, be. So there's no, still and then you also there. think it's, about- just, it's been a rough week if you're a Washington sports fan. They trade away Westbrook. They, you know, it's it's been tough. Yeah, it, it has. But again, this is going to be quite a. Uh, this could easily be a quick rebuild. I mean, you think you've got maybe one, two. You've got a couple of top 100 guys right now that could be on the doorstep by next year. Yeah. Of of the MLB, this very easily could be a quick rebuild for the Nationals because of how much they sold. No, you're absolutely right. Absolutely right. All right, a couple more here. Uh, first one, Andrew Haney to the New York Yankees. I was very surprised just by this deal. I mean, this was a name that didn't even hear once brought up uh, in trade talks for the Yankees. But we go out and get him. Unfortunately, that means we had to DFA the big Sally, Sal Mano, to create a 40-man roster spot for Andrew Haney. But, uh, I mean, look, here's what I know about Andrew Haney. I know that... Uh, he has a 5.27 ERA, but some stats may show that he's been a bit unlucky. Uh, really good strikeout and walk percentages. So 28.2 strikeout percentage, 7.7 walk percentage. So, and he has good swinging strike rate, opponent chase rates. He has just not had very good luck with batted balls. It's just his 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 bad bip is a lot higher than we're used to seeing. But 
look, he's he's a lefty. The only other lefty in the rotation of uh, is Jordan Montgomery. I guess uh, you can count Nestor Cortez now as he is apparently a starter. I mean, just why not? I mean, he's he, he's been pitching really good. But interesting trade, certainly. I'm excited to see him pitch. As he's going to start, I believe, Tuesday night for the Yankees is what they said. Uh, so uh, Monday. Monday. Okay, cool. So uh, that'll be cool. The Yankees are sending Jansen Junk and Elvis Peguero to the Angels in the deal. I've never heard anything about those prospects. So, uh, yeah, the Yankees, when they usually trade for, for pitchers, they really like some spin rate stuff or something like that. I don't know. The Yankees were, I guess, one of the first teams to really hop on the spin rate train and Makes sense why they gave Garrett Cole all that money. So Haney must do something that they like, uh, even with the high ERA. But yeah, I like it. I mean, it's it, it isn't anything special. We're gonna get Severino and Kluber back probably. So interested to see what they do with the rotation from them. Yeah, again, you know, I I don't think you can with with the market being the way it was. I don't think you can pass up opportunities based on the fact that when you get eventually get healthy you're not going to have the spot to put them in every day mm, yeah there's no shame in strengthening a strength no. and you can you can burn that as i always say you can burn that bridge when you get to it absolutely i i totally agree all right next up to the cardinals trade for two old left-handed pitchers they pick up both John Lester and Jay Happ. LJ, the Cardinals have the oldest rotation in the league, right? Wayne Wright, Kwang Hyung Kim's 33, Wade LeBlanc's 37, Happ is 38, Lester's 37. That's the oldest by far in the league. Certainly, it depending on, of course, they've got really got six starters up right now. However, Depending on what they decide to do with a guy like Jake Woodford, maybe they decide to send him back down. Of course, four to five over 36 innings, two starts this year. Um, you could potentially see a rotation here, all 33 and above. And four lefties. Four lefties. Yeah, you probably can't just send him down then. Never mind. Um, but either way, I mean, you know, this. This should be expected from the Cardinals. I mean, you're 500. You're not in it at all, but you're not like technically out of it yet. So really, why not? I mean, these are easily the cheapest options. Like, half foot and mouth, and unfortunately, John Lester have not had good years. They're old. And really, I mean, they were kind of the last thoughts for most people going into this deadline it's to me a no brainer for them to just go out and get the cheapest solution possible, see if it works, see if it's something they could explore for next season as they kind of start to look ahead. It's like kind of a desperation, like, all right, like we need to trade for someone. So I guess we can get uh, these two J Hap rocking the over 1.5 whip. Uh, you know, we, He's had a rough year. Uh, 
So is John Lester. At least, at least John John Lester hasn't allowed 125 hits like Jay Happ has. But I'm not I'm not salty at all somewhere. either about the fact that Lester was moved and it wasn't to Boston. But no, that's okay. that's okay. That's okay. That's okay. All right. Well, that wraps up the trades. We have three things, three more things we want to talk about first. Fernando Tatis to the 10-day IL. Is this his third IL stint this year? Yeah, and it's all, if I'm correct, for the exact same injury. And see, oh, we just got a big report about this, actually. Oh. So uh, he could have season-ending shoulder surgery. That is apparently on the table if he doesn't show improvement during his 10-day IL stint. Uh, Jace Tingler just... Uh, said to some reporters. So what I'm hearing, again, we are not a speculation podcast. Not a speculation pod. No. Again, we are not. We are also, we are also not a HEPA violation pod. So don't take any of this as medical, sound medical, anything. We don't know exactly what's going on. We don't know exactly who went on to begin with. What I am assuming from that, what I'm reading into is... I'm willing to bet he's been playing on the same shoulder issue the entire year. Is that fair to assume? Is the same shoulder he hurt? And this is the same thing they said last time. Yeah. Uh, hold on. I mean, all right. So uh, apparently the Padres, they don't have any, like there's no indication that they're considering shutting him down, but it's also early and the fact that jace tingler would make a comment like that just to even say that you know surgery is on the table is a bit surprising to me but it's a bit surprising again i know you again it's it's a difficult situation because the overwhelming urge to compete especially seeing how much they've put into competing this year I'm sure it is absolutely great with them. However, you could set yourself up really well in the long run if you just let him get healthy. Like, again, this isn't, you've already got him locked up. This shouldn't be a guy you screw around with. Well, I, mean, I, I also don't think it's, it's there. If no, 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 it's not. If, I know it's not if there. Tatis wants to play, he, he's going to be playing. True, true, true. But if you can guide him towards this, at least, or maybe even taking just more time, you absolutely do. Let's go ahead and bring it back up because we have much more data now than we did then. Chris Bryant. Yeah. Because Chris Bryant had a very similar shoulder issue last year, had to start doing the whole two-handed bat thing. And just really, I mean, it's, having the left shoulder injury is such a nuisance purely because you can't really break. Like it's all gas, no breaks because that muscle there is injured. It's not strong enough to be able to stop the bat as it goes around. It just makes things worse and worse. He had a 74 OPS plus last year, slashing 206, 293, 351. The year before OPS plus 133, slashing 282, 382, 521. This year, with, with some very cold stretches, mind you, 
He's got a 133 OPS plus again with a 267, 358, and 503 slash line right now. He is he he's Chris Bryant's playing great again. He's playing above all stars, above all star caliber baseball right now. Now for the Giants, of course, but a year removed after getting himself fully healthy. So it's, this types of stuff certainly affects guys significantly. No, it does. And uh, it's surprising because I believe in spring training, he even got pulled out of a game due to something with that shoulder. So uh, certainly something we need to keep our eye on here. And uh, yeah, but LJ, Joey Votto almost tied an MLB record tonight. Absolutely. And we're talking about maybe inches. Of course, we alluded to it the other day about him being a bingo bango Yahtzee plus two. However, last night he finished it off and got the double bingo bango Yahtzee or two nights ago, excuse me, double bingo bango Yahtzee home runs in six straight games. I believe it's seven home runs in six games. Yes, and LJ, believe it or not, he's got an OPS near a thousand. I believe he's like fourth or fifth in the league right now in OPS. Just this stretch has absolutely brought him, just skyrocketed him up the leaderboards. He currently sits number. Where is he now? Uh, I think I don't even think he qualifies for the leaderboard. Believe it or not. Joey Votto is such a fascinating future Hall of Famer because he is going to make an entire career out of getting really hot in the back half of seasons. Like he's just a he's just a man up until the All Star break, then he becomes Joey Votto. So uh, he's currently at a nine thirty seven OPS. That would put him right between. Rafi Devers, Bryce Harper, and Juan Soto. It's good company for a 37-year-old. That's amazing company. Again, it just amazes me that this isn't like it's the, it's not like the first time we've seen him run stretches off like this. And it's always during, well, the hottest time of the year. Okay. July and the dog days of summer are his time. His career splits for the second half are filthy. Read him. His first half career splits, he's a 913 OPS hitter. His second half in his career, he's a 981 OPS hitter. And that's over 733 games. Pretty big sample. Oh, it's a fantastic sample. What I find amazing is the 30-point bump and on-base percentage. Yeah. In the 20-point bump in betting average. And the 40-point jump in slugging percentage. It's just like, it's amazing. I don't, I don't know why. I don't know how. But this man does it. Absolutely. Uh, and, it's, and it's usually August, too. I mean, his August numbers are his best. So there could be more to come from Joey Votto. That would be. In, in hold up in a more wide-open MVP conversation than ever. Ooh. Think about if, it. If he goes crazy, he's got to go if crazy. The Chiefs, 
if Tatis continues to miss time, I think there's a real shot. I don't even think he has to go that cra- I mean, yeah, he's got to go a little crazy. But that crazy, I mean, you look at these offensive numbers Weren't right now. Two of his teammates over him, though? No. no. You want to pick Jesse Winker over him in the MVP? He's Joey freaking Votto. It's Je- oh. <laughs> Look at Jesse Winker. It's Jesse Winker, because that name carries so much weight. <laughs> Jesse, uh, you know what? They have the same amount of war this year. I don't know, honestly. Because I forgot that that a Jesse Winker forget like forget when he's not hit. hitting, if he's in the field, it's it, it it's brutal. Which is every day. No, I mean Nick Castellanos certainly has a case for it. Max Monster. At, at, at the trajectory that Joey Votto is doing. We're assume let's assume you take his July stats this year and then increase them in August and then bring them back down to July in September. That okay. is easily a MVP candidate. Easily, yes. I agree. Joey Hato for president. One last story. A player on the Chicago White Sox tonight, catcher Sebi Zavala, became the first player in MLB history to hit his first three career home runs in the same game, he would finish four for four with six RBIs, uh, including the three home runs. Pretty amazing for a guy named Sebi Zavala. <laughs> Very amazing. Who He has played five games for the White Sox in 2019 and 12 for them this year, and yeah, good for him. His first three home runs of his career all in the same game. Gotta love it. Especially seeing he's completely denying his rightful uh, position as the forward of the Vancouver Canucks based on his name. Is, the, is there someone? <laughs> no, I mean, just it's a very hockey name. It is. No, you know what? Now, like, I didn't think about it at first, but. It is a very hockey name until you realize that Sebi is not his actual first name, and it's Bernardo Sebastian Zavala. Sebastian Sebastian Zavala is a very hockey name. Zavala on its own is hockey enough for me. This man's a legend. Him and his minus negative war is amazing to me. Absolutely legend. Him in his 48.9% career strikeout percentage. The MLB. <laughs> hey, no, you know what? I, I can't crap on him. He hit three home runs, but he hit three uh, more home runs than us combined. But I think that's a good spot to wrap up today's show. We got a lot covered in this one. Tomorrow will be a much more laid back show. Expect a lot more game coverage. We kind of skipped out on a little of it this week just because. We had the line was crazy, but we'll get back to it tomorrow. We're going to do it Sunday tomorrow. We'll maybe, uh, oh, we got to get back on doing the Hall of Fame. So maybe we could schedule something. We have time for that. Yeah. Tomorrow, <laughs> tomorrow or Monday. We should make time for it. But thank you for listening. Uh, I'm Brandon Karam. He's LJ Lafiora. Thank you for checking us out every day. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. Play the trivia game on Twitter. Those are all at MLB Daily Pod. 
And yeah, we will be back uh, tomorrow. Have a good one. See you manana. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. It's wintertime. When temperatures go down, the likelihood goes up that your furnace and other appliances go down with them. So don't risk a costly replacement. Stay comfortable with coverage on the appliances you depend on most with the Service Guard Appliance Repair Program from Black Hills Energy. It's peace of mind in a plan. Visit blackhillsenergy.com slash sign up to learn more.